News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. You're listening to Rick Van Dominick and Jill Van Dominick. And this great morning, that's a little bit chilly this morning, but it looks like this rest of this week is going to be pretty nice. Uh, we might even have some double digits in the middle of the week again. That's so exciting. So Spring is here. Snow's melting a little bit at a time, and which is good. I'd rather snow melt a little bit at a time than all at once. It soaks in better. Less runoff. Less runoff. So it's perfect. So my voice is a little bit hoarse today. I've been talking too much all weekend, obviously. So Gardenscape's on. And so it's been fun. It's been fun to uh, be able to see people and uh, be able to see a lot of faces and not to see eyes smiling. We can actually see some teeth smiling too. So, and so it's, um, it's been good. So Jill, uh, tell them what's going on today at Gardenscape today. Well, one thing when you walk into Gardenscape, you will immediately be hit by the, s- the smells of Gardenscape, which is the Absolutely. tulips and the hyacinths blooming. Um, it's one of the show stopping things of Gardenscape, but a few things that are happening, um, non-gardening related is the super dogs are there. That's always a good attraction. There's three shows, three, three shows, shows today. today. Yeah. I think 11, one and, th- and four. It's all, it's packed every single time. I mean, the kids and the adults, they love seeing those dogs do all their tricks and everything else. So. And then there's lots of different pop-up seminars at the U of S's booth, um, and they talk about things from no-till gardening to composting to bug identification. So there's so many different things that people can learn. And I think the focus on Gardenscape this year really has to be education. And uh, with it being a little bit of a smaller show, because we haven't been there for a little bit, I think that's something that you can really go and get a lot out of Gardenscape this year is the education portion of it. And just um, diving in and, and learning a little bit more about these plants that you've maybe collected over the over the pandemic. Um, you'll be speaking on pruning today. I'll be doing a container yep. gardening talk um, today. So those are always popular sessions. Um, there is um, some other um, talks on cannabis, on herb use, um, uh, how to use and, and prune your herbs to get the best out of them. Um, the U of S has a bunch of little pop-up, little yeah. little seminars. Composting people, 101. Composting, yeah. So. So there's, there's even one on invasive plants. So, um, asparagus and horseradish. Sometimes when you plant those in your yard, people are, don't realize that getting rid of them is really hard afterwards because they're almost like weeds. So the right places to plant them and, and different things like that. So, so many different things. And then there's Prairie Berry Cafe. So you can get some Sastum pie or cherry pie and sundaes. So lots of things you can have something to eat there too. And so there's lots of things to do and see. Yeah, it's a it's a great afternoon at Gardenscape today. And then at six o'clock, yes, we take all the plants from all the gardens. Oh, and the and the one garden we we built, Jill and I were involved in building one garden, and there's a great big windmill. And the vision for me was to when you when you're a kid going to Holland and you see these windmills in the background and these fields of tulips just blooming like crazy. And so that's what we try to get. We have a big windmill. It's about 18 feet tall and uh, all lit up. And then we have a bunch of uh, tulips in the background that are all uh, LED lit up. The leaves and the bulbs and light, the flowers are all lit up. And then all the real tulip bulbs and uh, hyacinths and daffodils all blooming. And uh, the, when you stand next to that garden, you just, everybody, you see everybody just, you know, their, their, their chest lift as they're taking <laughs> a breath. And so it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good time. And I love that people are taking selfies in front of the gardens oh, yeah. and yeah. they're just getting so excited about spring yeah. coming here and I'm um, talking about what's going to be happening in their yards and um, coming up with different questions about what's been bugging them. And uh, they're just really getting inspired. So it's great to see. That's great to see. one 877 That's on both the text or you can call us. We love to, to join us here and ask any kind of question you like. one 877 And Jill, we have already uh, one text that came in from Pat in Saskatoon. Oh, hi, Pat. It's uh, good morning. I have a prayer plant, so it's a house plant. Uh, it's growing new. It's it's growing new leaves and healthy. It's but it's very top heavy. She says, uh, with all the leaves, I'm worried that this uh, the stems are going to break. Right now, I have a stake to help support it. But what am I doing wrong? Is what's causing this? Well, a few things can be causing that, Pat. Um, one of the things is, is they will usually tend to grow towards the light, even though they're a, a low light plant. But in our house, you have to remember there is not a lot of light that's direct light Especially anyway. Especially in wintertime. So, um, it's trying to stretch and grow towards the light. So adding some supplement light will definitely help. If you're finding it's getting too top heavy, you can also prune that plant too. So don't just stake it so it continues to go up. You can also give it a prune and you can take those leaves and propagate them as well. There's lots of great YouTube videos on how to propagate, um, prayer plants online. So one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five on either the call or text. We'd love you to join us here on either way and, and ask us some questions. Um, well, now, Jill, um, this week, um, this weekend here at, at Gardenscape, um, we've seen a lot. Yesterday afternoon was was pretty busy, so it was uh, it was quite amazing how it was busy, and it's it's good to see all the different. One thing about Gardenscape, it is an outdoor living show. So whatever you're looking for, you can, whether you're going to find something in the garden that you want to put in there or find something, some information from all the uh, University of Saskatchewan or all the different booths that are going, the societies are there. Uh, so you can learn from the societies. There's, there's, um, this is, you know, Saskatoon, um, uh, the Horticulture Society, there's the Prairie Nature Society, there's, there's the Lily Society, Saskatchewan Lily Society, there's the Saskatchewan Gardener, which you can go and look at the magazines and get a subscription right there. And, uh, so there's all kinds of different information things going on there. There's a, there's the, 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 um, the bee club is there for people who want to do backyard beehives and birding, birding and the bird rescue is there. And so there's lots of different things going on and it's great for the whole family because there's something you can see that you'd be interested in and you know there's even um for the guys that want to go out there there's lots of you know there's 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 all the 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 stores that have the the lawnmowers and the and the leaf blowers and and the trimmers and all that kind of stuff and there's hot tubs there's barbecues there's all that kind of stuff there so there's you're lots. putting up a new fence there's different things like that or you're doing an enclosure yeah. around your deck you can get ideas yeah. about that on a solarium there's all kinds of different things uh, lots of people that there's people that, that do uh, you know the concrete stamping and and uh, or concrete curbing around your yard so there's all kinds of things that you can figure out what's going on and I love that you mentioned the societies too because. Yeah. That is one thing that um, you can take and make into a hobby for yourself. So maybe you want to start collecting lilies. Um, so now you can get sort of grounded in a community of people who collect them and trade them and everything like that, and you sort of can get connected. Yeah, it, it, there's um, and there, there's so much information. There's a wealth of knowledge of a lot of people that that just love to do things in their backyard, and you just learn from each other, and it's just a, a great way of doing that. So. Um, we are going to go quickly here to uh, Brian in uh, in Kepapka. Kep I'm going to get Brian to announce where he's from. <laughs> Good, <laughs> Good <job>. morning, Brian. 
Good morning. From Katepa. Katepa, that's it. Okay. Uh, Saskatoon's, I know you've talked about it on the show before. Uh, mine grew really tall, yep. and they're starting to thin out. Is it too late? Is it a good idea to trim the tops off them? And yeah, you can do that right now. Actually, right now is a perfect time to trim the Saskatoon's. So in, in March is a, a perfect time. Okay. They're like eight feet. Yep. So like, do I take off like three feet? Oh, yeah. Take three feet off for sure. Yeah, bring, bring, them down, bring them down to five, five feet or so, then they're a little bit more manageable. And, uh, yeah, they'll do very well. Just give them okay. a good, give them a shot of fertilizer first thing in the spring, like in the beginning of May, and then no more fertilizer for the rest of the season. Okay? Yep. And use an organic fertilizer, not, not a really, really high nitrogen, uh, because you don't want a lot of growth to, you want the plant to have all those micronutrients and all the other, you know, you know, phosphorus and, and potassium, but all the other boron, magnesium, everything else. So get a good organic for, there's good fertilizers that are made for berries. Okay. And, uh, and fruits and fruit trees. So, um, that's the best one. And they'll get, instead of getting a whole bunch of growth, like putting something like a 26 or 20, 20, 20, you get tons of top growth. This will make sure that you don't get a huge amount of growth on, on the top, but you'll get a lot more berries. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Have a good day. So that'll take us to the break here. We're gonna, we got Tony from Humboldt on the line here, so we'll go talk to him. We got a bunch of text, Jill. So, uh, thanks for listening to Garden Talk here. I'm Rick Van Damendek and, and Jill Van Damendek. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. You're listening to Jill Van Damendek here, my daughter, and uh, I'm Rick Van Damendek. And we'd like you to join us here, one 332 8255 And you can do that by either calling or texting. It's the same number, one 332 8255 And very patiently, thank you very much, Tony. You've been hanging on to the line from Humboldt. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Um, yeah, my question is uh, for an, a raspberry patch that's been well-established and been around for a long time. Yes. Uh, what's the best kind of fertilizer to keep that? in a healthy condition and strong. Okay, there's there's a bunch of things you can do. If you have a, a compost, you can work in some compost in amongst all the, the old berry plants in there. Or you can also, there's a there's a product also that made from a company called Dirt and Grow or Evolve out of Winnipeg. And it's a fruit and berry. It's an organic one. And it's amazing what it'll do because it'll actually give you, a, a, like I was talking about their color before, it'll give you a lot more berries and uh, a lot, and the berries will actually be even tastier. So you can use that. Uh, you can even use, I always talk about the alfalfa pellets. You can work those in, but work it into the soil, or you can actually make a tea if you want. You put it in a watering can and water it with it. It'll put a whole bunch of micronutrients in it, which will help, you know, them to produce a, a lot better fruit crop and also to be healthier to, to wave off diseases. Now, one thing is good to do now the snow is starting to disappear, uh, Tony, is that yep. you can start taking out the older canes. Yeah, you that's should, what I always do. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, take out those third year, you know, third year canes that I call, yep. and uh, let the new suckers come up from the from you know the past couple of years to be able mm-hmm. to take over and rejuvenate it. But but you're right when you start getting a whole bunch of massive roots from all those old suckers, you know, and all the massive roots there. Yeah. Um, you may even want to eventually, you know, dig up some of those old canes, you know, yeah. and and give some more room that you then you can put some more composted soil in those spots where you dug up those old canes, just to give a, a place for your your new suckers to grow into. Okay, and, and then there's no, there's no other kind of just uh, 
fertilizer off the shelf that yeah if you want if you want like this the the if you want to use just a regular fertilizer off the shelf then you could go to um i don't like using a 20 20 20 you could use probably use a 15 30 15 if you wanted to or you could use um, um there's a lot of uh, off the shelf there's a lot of garden fertilizers which are just a low nitrogen which has about a like a 12 the top top number the first number i would do is about a 12 for raspberries and the second number I would do around a 10 to 15, and the third number should be around 6, okay? Okay. So when you're looking in stores around Humboldt or that, those are the kind of numbers you want to get. And then if you can find some other numbers, um, uh, like I think pretty you know, up around Humboldt there, your, your pH is still pretty high around there. You're a little bit alkaline around there yet. And so if you can lower the, bring something that has a little bit of a sulfur base to it to lower the pH, that'll help those berries a big time. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Have a great day. Okay, Joe, we also have some uh, uh, some texts here. And so it says, good morning. I'm wondering how, now that my leaves of the trees are off, you know, from last from last fall and all winter, they're gone for sure. And the snow is starting to melt away in the yard. Um, the following, I got a bunch of trees and shrubs that I'd like to do some pruning. Um, here's Donna in Saskatoon. She has uh, lilac, double flowering plum, and hydrangeas. Can I prune them now or will it stop them from blooming this year? Well, Donna, one thing about lilacs and double flowering plums, they set their flowers in the fall, their buds in the fall. So if you do a major pruning right now, you're going to cut all the blooms off. So you don't want to do that. Hydrangeas you can do right now. I always usually trim the, the just that I deadhead them in the fall and I'll leave the rest of the branches up so that they can catch lots of snow, like a, like a little snow fence. And then what I do is I cut them back almost in half in the spring. That'll create a lot of branching out, and every time every time you make a cut and then get more another branch out, you'll get twice as many flowers the next year. So make sure that you fertilize them. Uh, there again with a more of acidic base type of fertilizer. But your double flowering plum and your lilac, since they set their blooms in the fall, what you want to do with those, you want to trim them right after they finish blooming. And then just give them a light trimming, and then they push out new growth the summertime, and then they bloom like crazy on all that new growth next year. Now, if you have this big lilac that's 12 feet high, and and you it's just way too big, and all the flowers are the way at the top, and there's not much leaves at the bottom, then you can do right now, you can trim it down like in half if you want to, a third to a half, even the double flowering plum. I had a person talk to me at Gardenscape about that as well. They had this big eight foot high by eight foot wide double flooring plum. That must look amazing in the spring when it's all in bloom. But they said, is this so big? And uh, so what do I do with it? So yeah, you can bring it in, cut it back in half, the sides in half, top of half. But you got to remember, you're not going to get blooms this year. You'll get a few here and there, but you'll have blooms the following year. So that's, that's all you have to do is you want to do a major pruning, do it when it's dormant. If you're just doing a maintaining pruning, right after it finished blooming. Yeah, I love that. When we was listening to a pruning session uh, at, at Gardenscape with Bob Boers, and he was just mentioning that, like, you're, of course, your your spring blooming ones, you want to wait, but now is the time to, to be oh, pruning. Yeah. And especially because you're taking out some of the winter kill right now. Um, it's actually better than pruning in the fall. So, yeah. so you, you know, all your spireas, if the snow disappears, your spireas, potentillas, they love to be, like, even spireas, you can cut them right down to the ground, like basically right down to the ground. And I always, people look at me and say, what? 
<laughs> and then I look at them, I says, you know what, there's one thing you have to remember, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll grow up and just be not this big mass of rass nests of branches in the middle. It'll come back and blooming like crazy in July as well. So just don't be afraid of those ones there. I like doing that every third year where I cut it right down to the ground. And every other, all the other years in between, I just give it a shave, cut all the old flower heads off and, and uh, just give it a good shaping. So here, um, I'm taking a strawberry patch here. This is Ju- Julie from Battleford. I'm taking a strawberry patch back to square one. What different varieties and how is the best way for timing to replant the patch? Well, there's a few different varieties that you can get when you are doing strawberries. Um, there's two main varieties. One is called a June-bearing um, variety, so you can see, get Kent and a few different ones. Those June-bearing varieties will produce heavily, usually in the end of June. To they're, they're a lot bigger. But middle right. of July, and they're bigger. Strawberry. Strawberries. Right. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Um, and the other varieties is an ever-bearing variety. It's usually a slightly smaller than a June-bearing variety. Very tough and hardy. My favorite variety is Seascape and TriStar. Um, those ones will produce... Um, uh, a little bit of fruit, but all season long. So I like doing a mixture of those. Make sure you're spacing your strawberries about a foot apart, and then make sure you're cutting off the runners and replanting the runners every year too, and that will help rejuvenate your strawberry patch. Okay, so now we have here, um, I have a uh, Rick and Jill. I got a jade plant that I can't seem to keep up, keep upright. Okay, the the. Oops, everything's jumping around here on me. Uh, the branches get six to, six to ten inches tall and then flop over. How do I get the branches to thicker and stay upright? Only water every two to three weeks. Plant seems healthy from Sandra from PA. Uh, it sounds like you might need a little bit more sunlight um, for that one. If the branches are getting kind of floppy, it might not be enough sunlight for that jade plant. Um, the other thing that, that you want to watch is if it's getting floppy, you can prune your jade plants as well too, and that will help them branch and bush out just like you would any other annual. Um, so you can prune your jade plant, and that will give it a, a, a sturdier stock to have those branches grow off of as well too. Okay, so we have here, real quick, I got here... Um, uh, good morning. I want to buy a Japanese tree lilac. How deep do I plant the trees? What type of fertilizer do I use, et cetera, et cetera? Um, so this is Randy from Warman. So Japanese lilac, one thing to remember, diff- different parts of Warman, there's some places have clay in Warman, some are really gravelly. So don't plant them too deep. That's the key. Make sure you don't, see so if you dig your hole deeper and you want to put more soil in, pack the soil on the bottom so the plant, the tree will not settle. That root ball should be at the surface, okay? It shouldn't be below the surface. That's the key for lilacs. They don't like to be too wet, too wet. In fact, if you put the root ball that comes in the pot, even an inch or two above the soil and then build the soil up to, to, up to the top of the, the, uh, the uh, root ball, then the water will go around it rather than go into the hole. That's even better. So, so pretty much opposite of what you tell anybody for um, yep. planting a tree. So that's the way you take care of it. And then we'll talk about how to fertilize it right up the break. But we have to go to a break right now, Jill. So you're listening to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Damendyke on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. And we have in the, in the studio with me, Jill Van Damendyke, my daughter, and I'm Rick Van Damendyke, and we love to have you call us and uh, give us a call or give us a text message, anything about gardening, your indoor plants, outdoor plants, anything like that, anything to do with the yard, one 877 And again, it's one 877 And you can join us just like Paul here in Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Very good. Good. Um, I was uh, feeding uh, the birds this winter. Yes. 
And I counted the bags of sunflower seeds. I've got 15 empty ones. I've got another one that's almost finished. You must have a lot of shells in the ground. Oh, what do I do with them? Do I, can I spread them around my yard? Absolutely. That's great organic material. So, but just not, just not great to have all that organic material in one spot, obviously. No, so, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, just rake it up and just spread it around. If you've got mulch in amongst your trees, mix it into there if you want. Uh, great, great that it'll all break down and it's great for your plants. So you mix it into your garden if you want, uh, you know, to spread it out evenly and work it in. Yeah, you can do all that kind of stuff. That's perfect. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I just didn't want to throw them in the garbage, yep. you know. I figured they're, you know, it's organic, so. Yep. The only thing I'd watch is that in the garden, if you put a bunch of those, those uh, shells in that, because there are going to be some seeds that, you know, obviously the birds just tossed out. Yep. And those ones can start growing in your garden. That's the only thing I got to watch about that one. So yeah, I know I had the odd uh, sunflower yep. sunflower plant pop up in the yard yep. from previous years. And that's fine too because now you got your own bird seed you're growing right for next that's year. Right. Yep. So great pollinator. Great, great, and a great pollinator too. So and yep. a lot. You know what? There's a lot. The also it's great to plant sunflowers this year because that's in in helping in in solidarity with what's happening in the Ukraine as well. Because sunflowers, their main flower, right? So. So that's a great one, too. So Yeah, I picked up a package, as a matter of fact. Perfect. planting this year. Thanks, Paul. Have a great day. You, too. Thank you. And we have um, and we have got a text here, Jill. Now, we had, um, he was calling from Warman, and that was Randy. He wanted what kind of fertilizer. So when you plant it, one of the best fertilizers you can use when you plant is, I like using it, it's called Mike, M-Y-K-E. When you're planting what? Oh, sorry, the lilac. Okay. Remember, he was talking, we were talking yeah. about planting that lilac tree. So using a root starting, either a, a root booster when you first plant it, you can use that one, or you can use both, a root booster and a mic. Mic is a mycorrhizome, which is bacteria. You put into the soil only once at planting time, and it grows and cultures on the roots, and it grabs phosphorus from the soil. And especially for a flowering tree, it just helps it flower even more, but it makes those roots establish way quicker as well. But remember, when you're using a root-boosting fertilizer or something with a high phosphorus, you're only doing that one time to get the roots activated. Yep, that's right. And if you use mics, you can't use a phosphorus over 15 Otherwise, it overdoses the mics. Oh, I did not so, know that. So that's one thing I remember as well. So here we have, um, we're going to go right to Ken here. Ken in, uh, in, in Battleford. Good morning, Ken. You have a question about Carl Forster grass. Yes. I was wondering, uh, how do you grow it? Can, you, can it grow from seed or how do you get, get it um, going? Carl Forrester is best grown. You can grow it from seed, but it takes a very long time. So it's best grown from a clump or dividing it off of another more mature plant. Now, when you do that, I would suggest only taking about a third off at a time. But you can buy it as a ready-done plant in a... A four inch, six inch, one gallon, two gallon, five gallon pot in the garden centers. And it's a very, very popular on trend plant. Um, has a really sort of urban look to it, very, um, very contemporary look to it. And you can either let them stay up. They are perennial, so they'll die back down to the ground every year. So you can let them stay up, let the horror frost hit them in the wintertime, or you can cut them down in the fall and let them, um, let them regrow in the spring. So either way you can do that, but just remember they are a perennial, so they'll grow back from the base every year. So it is good to cut them back in the spring. Right down to the ground. Right down to the ground. Yep. Yeah, another question, if you don't mind. Yep. Uh, what is the best grape to grow in this area? Grapes, it's all Concord grapes that are hardy for here. So there's a few varieties. The old standbys is Valiant, and, and another one's called Beta grape. And But there's some more around as well. So there's one called um, um, Bluebell. Uh, there's another, there's some white ones around. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of it now. It's I think it's called uh, Bella. 
So, uh, but there's there's some there's quite a few. But you want to get the Concord grapes. Um, that's what you want. There's Minnesota. There's Minnesota out there. There's uh, there's a couple more too, and I just can't get them top of my head right now. But but if you the Beta and the Valiant, those ones there are tried and true, and you'll get lots of grapes off of them, and they grow very fast. That's Concord, Sebastian. That's the only. The other ones won't survive in Saskatchewan. So those oh, are the, those are the two you want to plant. Okay. Thank you very okay, much. Have a great day. You too. Okay, Joe, we have here, um, uh, going back to the text line, and you can join us here on the, on the, on the call line too at one 877 So either calling or text, join us here. Uh, let's see, we've got here, we have here, taken straw. There's okay. one about an orchid. Yeah, there's one, one here. My, my Mel from Saskatoon, my orchid is done blooming. It's in a six inch pot. Should I replant it in a bigger pot or put it in the same pot? Well, one of the things is you never want to transplant an orchid when it is blooming or else it will, um, the blooms will might fall off. So after it's finished blooming, I would leave that stem up on it until the stem starts dying back or starting to look floppy. Then you can put it into a, a bigger pot. Um, just remember that with orchids, they like to have, they have air roots on them. So it's really important that you plant them in layers of moss and bark. Um, so get a good orchid media and you can plant them in a pot that has holes or slits in the side of it so that you can see the moisture in there. So um, just take your plant, pull it out of its pot, sort of dunk it in water to get those um, that soil and that moss loosened up and then transplant it into a different pot. Trim any old roots that maybe look old or rotten or brown off of that plant and then put it in the bright sunlight and watch it bloom again. one 877 Join us here. Uh, good morning. What's the best time to start a tree from a branch clipping? Any tips how much uh, is appreciated? So a lot of people are t- asking me about that. They want to take clippings off their poplars. With this cooler temperature is actually a perfect time. About about your finger or, or pencil thickness or uh, your about your finger thickness is the maximum, about six inches long. And then you can put them in a cool place and then you can, um, uh, so that then you can plant them out into the garden in the spring. Now, when you plant them out in the garden in the spring, what you do is you just remember which way is facing up. All the buds will be still facing upwards. Then you make a cut on an angle about, about a quarter inch lower than the, than the last bud at the bottom. And then you put some, uh, stem root number three on it. And then you can stick it straight into the ground if you want, if you're out in an acreage or a farm or whatever. And they will actually, as long as you get moisture to it, they will actually start growing themselves. Now, some other trees, uh, you'll be taking a softwood cutting. Some trees will go hardwood cutting, some won't. Uh, poplars is a good one that do hardwood cuttings. Lilacs will go from hardwood cutting. Uh, but a lot of, uh, some other trees go by either seed or they go from grafting. So you, there's some trees you can't do that. So you have to do a little bit of research on what type of plants you're looking for. And then you can go from there. So you're not just taking the new growth, then you're actually cutting a branch off. You're cutting a branch and you can actually cut in, in, into, into chunks if you want. Okay. Okay. So that works as well. So we have here room time for one more. Good morning. I found the needles on some of my branches on our spruce trees have turned from green to dark brown purple. What is causing this? That is reflection of the, of the, of the sun off the snow, especially for smaller ones. And so that's just a, a winter kill. And the way you stop that is making sure that in the fall, around September long weekend, you slow down the watering and then give it a really good shot of water about the middle of October. Okay, then it's getting it ready for hardiness. Also, make sure you check on the pH of your soil. Spruce trees need to be in a pH of soil around 6.5 to 7. 
If you're up around 7.5 to 8 in your pH and or alkaline soil, then the tree can't take up nutrients pro- properly and then it'll be a bit stressed going in uh, and or stress from drought that we had this last couple of years. And then you get some purpleness coming from that as well. What would you add to the soil? Uh, just aluminum sulfate or uh, even a groundskeeper fertilizer, which has a sulfur base to it as well. That works as well. We're going to go to break right now, Jill. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning, Saskatchewan, and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davnik, and my daughter, Jill Van Davnik, is here in the studio as well. Jill, we got a whole bunch of texts, so one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. if you want to give us a call or a text. We're going to get it right at these texts here, let's Jill. Let's get so her done. Let's get her done here. So uh, where can I, this is um, Rose from Humboldt, alfalfa pellets. Uh, what brand do I look at and what do I, what, where do I get them? Uh, the ones that we sell is called alfalfa green. And, you know, uh, Rose, uh, they're in Norquay, Saskatchewan. That's where they're made. So they're not far from you, just up the highway a little bit from where you are. And uh, But there should be some people in even Humboldt that would have it as well because, like I said, Norquay is very close to where you are. And so, uh, but otherwise you can get them Saskatoon. We have them at the garden center and there's, there's a lot of garden centers that do them. have them. I like the alfalfa green ones because they're made in Saskatchewan. Obviously I'm supporting that, but they have their organic growing and also they had make sure there's no weed seeds in them as well. So that's the key for them because you don't want to be putting alfalfa pellets into your garden and then you got all these weeds that, you know, if you just buy ones that you would get for your, for your rabbit or horse or whatever. It has a lot of different things in a lot of times. So, and we buy them in big bulk bags and re- repackage them into different sizes depending on what size you need. So for house plants, we have a small bag. Yep. And for some of your flowering plants yep. or your, your garden, we have a, a medium sized bag. Okay, so we also, a Jell-O Christmas cactus, uh, Christmas cactus leaves, or whatever you want to call them, she says. They're turning mostly burgundy color, and the odd time, odd one then drops off. Uh, what could be the issue? It's Lauren from Saskatoon. Lorna from Saskatoon. Sometimes you'll see that, um, with the different, um, light exposures. So if it has lack of light or too much light, they'll turn color. The other thing is if the, they don't like to get cool, too cool. So if the temperature is getting too cool, they'll actually turn that purple color as well, too. So just a little warmer spot. Okay, here we go. Um, good morning. Happy spring. This is friend. Uh, and so the, this person here wants to ask about, wants to put an apple tree at the lake. Um, I already have Saskatoons. Uh, will I need two? Yes, you will need two because at the lake, you're probably not going to have other apple trees around to cross pollinate. So a couple of varieties, especially up the lakes, is probably talking uh, a little bit farther north. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where this lake is or whether it's down by Regina Beach or wherever. Uh, so, but around Saskatchewan, uh, a couple of varieties that will do really well for you. One's called September Ruby. The other one's called Goodland. Uh, Prairie Sensation is a great one developed by the University of Saskatchewan. That's a great one as well. Uh, and Fall Red. That's another one that will do very well in your gardens in route here. And then plant one of each. Make sure that you get the cross pollinization and they'll do good. Um, uh, here's a, here's one here, Jill. Um, when can I plant begonia bulbs in pots? You want to be planting them in mid-February till right about now. So right now it's starting to get a little bit late for planting them. So plant them in now. Make sure that those hips of the bulb are just poking out of the top of the soil when you plant them. Don't plant them too deep and get them going. Get that soil temperature warm to get them going and then give them lots of light. Okay. Um, let's see here. Good morning. I've started tomatoes and peppers about six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, they've reached the three leaf stage and I moved them into three inch pots. They have multiple leaves about four inches high. I fertilize with alfalfa tea and, and, uh, and every watering and have them growing under the grow lights about around six inches. Um, 
Oops. About six inches, uh, the grow lights about six inches above the plants. Is there anything else to do and promote growth? Um, no, you're doing a great job. Yeah. I would, the only thing I would say is put a fan in there to um, help them have a sturdier plant. Just yes. get some airflow in there. And the other thing is watch how um, how how much root growth you have in those three inch pots. As soon as the roots hit the edge of the pot, you can even transplant plant in, into a bigger pot, which will help them have a sturdier stock later on. Yeah. So, and you know what? Don't be in a hurry. You got lots of time before the main long weekend before you plant them out. They're going to get big enough already as it is. Yes, so exactly. you're doing perfect. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's so. Here we go here. I have uh, mature 35-year-old spruce trees in the backyard of Saskatoon. This winter, they've dropped more than the usual modern needles. Uh, it was a dry summer. We water them weekly. Now, make sure you water them deep, okay, when you do water them. Uh, so not just at the surface. Those big 35-foot trees transpire when it's that hot. They let out moisture and they take in moisture like crazy. Also, watch if the needles are falling from the inside a lot on the big trees. You might have a spider mite problem. Okay, so take a look closely. The webs will be right between the needles, and you can even bring a sample into the, a garden center close to you too. And they can whoever's at the garden center can help you diagnose if you do have a spider mite, and then give you the proper product to uh, be able to take care of them as well. And when you're deep root watering, make sure you're watering at the at the, the drip, drip line edge. of the tree, not drip, exactly the drip line of the tree, which is out at the far edges. You're right, Jill. Not right at the trunk. That's a mistake a lot of people do is they put their hose right at the trunk, and so there's not any feeder roots right there as well. Um, okay, we have, uh, we've got Amy and Warman, um, uh, regarding pea spots on the lawn, how to treat them. Okay, so the best thing with that is you can, uh, aerate the spots, okay, and then what you can do is you can have to throw some, uh, so you want to aerate, water it to leach out the urine, okay, that's important. And then what you want to do is you have to reseed. Now there's some other pl- products out there, one's called Rescue 911, you'll see out there, and uh, or there's some other uh, dog spot um, uh, repair patching it has some mulch in it some seed already in it you just sprinkle it over there and then after you get the seed back established there then in those areas you know you have dogs uh, peeing in those areas use a fertilizer called dog spot prevent it's made by a company in Winnipeg again called Dirt and Grow or Evolve uh, and this it, when you put it down it do, it'll help you so that you won't get that happening again Okay, it'll prevent that from happening. It's called Dog Spot Prevent. It works really well. We sell a lot of it because people use it because they, they, they... It helps it, neutralize the, the urine well, so it doesn't it also, burn your It lawn. also changes the pH right from the beginning and helps mm-hmm. that so that and aerate the soil from the beginning so you don't get that buildup of urea, which is what is burning it, okay? So... Um, Okay, Jill and Rick, uh, when do you apply alfalfa tea and when do you determine h- how much to put on? Different sizes of garden plots, I want to put it on, uh, Terry from Saskatoon. So those, those ones there, you can either put it on at the beginning of the year with the pellets themselves and just rototill it into the garden, just in the top surface of the garden. Or you can actually make an, a, a tea if you want and you can go with the tea if you want. I, I When my tomatoes at home, I put it on once a week. And so that worked really well and uh, had lots of great success in pure sand where I was growing it in. Uh, so, but otherwise you can, and on the bags, it'll tell you how much pallets you can put per square foot. Okay. So, uh, it'll tell you how many pounds per square foot on your, on your garden. So there's instructions right on it. 
and uh, it'll work good that way. And it, it really works really well just as a straight pellet. Or And the pellets themselves, as they're breaking down, they absorb moisture too. So they help moisture stay there, and the roots grow into those pellets when you work them into the soil a bit. And then they just take nutrients and water as well. So it works good both ways. And just remember, when you're fertilizing your plants, the more you're watering, the more you need to fertilize. So as we have hotter days in the summer, you'll want to be fertilizing more often. Yeah. So um, I like to plant strawberries and outdoor planters this year. What type of strawberry do I do? And this is uh, recommended from Linda and Regina, Jill. Well, there's a few different. There's an annual strawberry called Buried Treasure. It um, is a beautiful strawberry. It comes in three different flower colors, pink, red, and white. So if you just want it to last one season, that's perfect in a container. The other one I would suggest is Seascape, um, just a nice size strawberry, and it will produce all summer long. So those would be my suggestions for you. Make sure you have a nice sunny area and you're fertilizing often. Okay, one couple more quick questions. We've got about a minute left here. Uh, wondering about when time to reseed dead spots in the lawn. So basically, I like to wait until about Mother's Day if the temperature of the soil is warm enough so that they can start germinating. So wait until after the May the 10th to, to read those things. That'll be perfect. Well, Jill, that takes us into the show. we got to go run to Gardenscape right away. So we'd like to see you there today. So don't forget to join us at Gardenscape over at Prairie Land Exhibition today. Lots of things going on there, lots of things to see, and come join us and say hi at the show. Happy so, spring. Happy spring. So you're listening to Garden Talk on CQAM 650 and 980 CJME.